Mine is not very high, I'm sure we can get it. <coughs> Hello and welcome back to uh yeah, a special episode of Boys Gone Wild, let's go say that. Uh this is a late night special. Uh we have to work aggressively around uh, Drew's harrowing um routine as he's one of the only people making money in this this house at the moment so we have to kind of work with that uh and he's got off sixes till threes and he's now on nines till sixes so we have to do it late into the late hours we've never really done a podcast this late um so it's new territory for us that's why we've lit it differently because i felt like you know you don't want the white harshness when we're doing a late night special so it's probably a bit smoother uh it might be a a little bit tastier i think and it's definitely going to be there's we're going to delve more into dark devilish delights i think um so anyway how are you doing drew i'm feeling a bit odd yeah it's been a weird day i've mm-hmm. been as you say I've, I've transitioned uh from the sixes to the nines which is nice allows you a bit more sleep um but I've, uh, if you've, I'm not sure if everyone will, will be familiar with it, but we all know, probably know, are aware of Joe Rogan. Yeah, of course, the, yeah. Well, no, but I'm saying, famous people on the yeah, planet. not not aware of Joe Rogan, but aware of the specific podcast with Duncan Trussell, which okay, he releases yeah, yeah. his first Spotify yeah. episode, mm. and it's a five hour long podcast. Yeah. And um, if you if you've seen it or are aware of a few of the ones they've done before, um, it's a very intense, odd vibe. Yeah, um, I mean, Duncan I, Trussell's the guy who made Midnight Gospel. Right? Yes, I mean, I adore him to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but it's a five-hour-long podcast, and I feel both inspired and intimidated after watching it because yeah. it's 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 incredible. It's incredible to listen to. Yeah, I really, I enjoy it a lot. As in, what the new rounds what, you reach? Well, they the new rounds you reach because like every every kind of sequence of it is like they're talking about Hindu philosophy or Buddhism and like the different levels of tantra you can access via DMT, and then yeah, suddenly, yeah, yeah. and then Rogan just goes. That's the thing about archery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's, it's both absolutely terrifying, engrossing, yeah. and entertaining and fantastic to watch all at the same time. But it's a five-hour podcast. I, I do eight-hour work days, but it's, it, it hasn't stopped for some what reason. What do you think? It's just that it's got like a mystic, endless yeah. quality to it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just, I haven't even finished it. Like, I've, I swear I've listened to it for the whole day, but for some reason it's only just finished now. I oh, should do an episode on Joe Rogan as a boy gone wild, but what, what do you think about Joe Rogan? He very much is a boy gone wild. He is, what I find that's, so a lot of the time with podcasts in general, yeah, is I find it, it so with someone like a TED talk, or yeah. if, if someone's speaking about their point of view, it's very easy when you're listening to it. So an intelligent person yeah. who kind of articulates himself well and is rational, putting a point putting a point of view across well, yeah. you naturally are gonna start to believe that point of view in that moment. Yeah. So so what I kind of like about Joe Rogan in that sense is I don't as you were saying earlier, he doesn't really can a big part of him, he doesn't confine himself to any of the isms. He's not, yeah. a, you know, a, a capitalist, a communist. He very aggressively stands by his own rationality of thought and he's going to think for what he believes in. But then sometimes he doesn't remember the platform he has. Yeah, because he's a bit of a... He's, like, weird because he's, like... Once again, it's funny to bring up. Like Rishi Sunak, he's tiny. He's five What tiny, tiny Sunak boy? He's uh, he's an only an, he's only an inch taller than my boy Dishy Rishi. Is he? So Joe? Joe, Joe's tiny, which uh, makes a makes lot of so sense. Much yeah, sense. he's got small man syndrome. Oh, I'm not, con- sure. I'm not confused by it. No, at all. <laughs> no, okay, cool. Because you wonder yeah. what's this driving thing? Why are you it. constantly yeah. making yourself bigger? Yeah. Why are you constantly learning how to fight? It's because you're a tiddly little... It's like wearing platform shoes. Yeah. You're a <laughs> multinational <laughs> podcast successful. Because he would absolutely ruin me in a fight. Like, 
absolutely ruined me. But it is just funny. I like that you even had to qualify that. Yeah, I'm just just um, just putting the thorn in your head of him absolutely ruining me the fight. But yeah. it's been funny being ruined by someone who's like he's really small, tiny. He's a tiddly you can little. Be hospitalized, yeah, but you're still like he's a tiddly little fella. Five foot six. <laughs> still, even though I'm fully in paper mache or whatever they do. Paper mache. What is it? It's the same concept, isn't it? When you have got a cast. I was about to say the piss out of you, but weirdly you you might be right. Was it paper mache? It can't be that juvenile. No, it's no. You can't see it's like little a, bits it's of like newspaper. A, a cast. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, but I think it, it is using paper, and it does come like wet paper. derived from France. Yeah. Yeah. So wet paper. I'll be covered in wet paper. What I find interesting about Rogan is he's a bit of a dum dum, um, and he gets really good people on, and he has really interesting conversations, and it's the biggest platform in the world now. Like, I don't think he is a dum dum. He's sometimes unbelievably stupid. Yeah, but when a guy does a when a guy does one thousand six hundred podcasts for, that last for like three hours, we're all gonna look dumb for a few bits of that. Yeah, I think it's unfair to call him a dumb. dumb. No, no, because I think like what that's what's good about him is he's curious, inquisitive, and like he gets people on and he asks them questions and lets them talk and is like a good interviewer in that sense and has a curious mind. But he's very gullible. Um, he admits so himself. That's why he gets so many conspiracy theorists on, and, like yeah. pseudo historians and stuff. Like, he's admitted like one of his problems that he just wants things to be true. But I remember there's he got he had this mental conversation with Rob Lowe, who was much wilder than I I'm ever weird. thought. I'm kind of obsessed with Rob. Yeah, because he's like he's like very handsome but too handsome. You know, but he's upsetting. also he's also insane. If just like, yeah. the way in which he talks. Yeah. And he's got he's actually got zero self awareness as well, which is always fantastic for a guy like him. Yeah. So he got Rob Lowe on, and they're just talking about Pompeii, and he uh, Rob Lowe was talking like he's an expert on Pompeii, and then Joe was like, "Yeah, Rob, that Rob, that was like a thousand years ago," <laughs> and then Rob Lowe was like, "Yeah, I know," and like he's just he set it up as if he's this expert on Pompeii, and then that might sound petty, but that is kind of mental. I know you're not the best that example. That goes, again, that was that. <laughs> even, I was going to say, even, a, I shouldn't be bringing was say, up e- even I was aware of the poor time. <laughs> yeah, of that. A thousand, that was like a thousand years but ago. But I'm, I'm at the other yeah. end of the computer going, fuck yeah, yeah, man, that was a thousand years ago. But it's the, um, it's the American thing, which is like, um, he probably, no, he, he is like, because the, uh, this, uh, Russell Hicks, who's an American comedian, has a bit about it. Um, where he basically says like Americans they're not stupid like American everyone says America's stupid but they put a man on the moon there's they, they've done so many inventions they're not stupid they're just fucking ignorant as shit so like you you'll meet right. smart Americans who are like Harvard and they'll be still be like so where is Birmingham <laughs> you know it doesn't like <laughs> even like the smartest Americans are all a little bit stupid just because yeah. Uh, American culture is like a TV that we're all watching. Yeah. And they're in the TV, so they can't well, look out of the TV. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was getting a bit contrived, that metaphor. No, I, was, I'm, I, was, I'm, I was nearly there. I, I actually stopped listening because I was thinking about the next <laughs> sentence. So luckily, we're all, we're all good. But the amount of times to, to validate that, the amount of times that even in that podcast with, with Duncan Trussell, that the amount of times I just said the phrase, the great American experiment. And it's even so, even when someone like Duncan Trussell, who you feel has transcended the bonds of consciousness and reality mm-hmm. still harks back and believes to a certain extent about the american dream and they talk quite candidly and honestly it's not necessarily they're backing what the american dream is yeah but they still believe in its kind of essence whereas still i feel like believe. the rest of the world has yeah. kind of forgotten about it or said clearly it isn't something the american experiment the great american experiment has failed but they still americans always have that thing within them that there's still something pure about it, still something that could work about it. Mm. I don't disagree with that. 
I think there's a lot about the American dream that's pretty sick. Yeah, I like a lot of it. What as what? I because I, I mean, there's loads of issues with it, but as far as experiments have gone politically, it's been there has been some pretty there's some yeah, pretty inspiring think. elements to it. Obviously, you know, we've all studied of mice and men at GCSE. We all know and it's actually, not all it's that's made up. Most of my information's <laughs> coming from. To be honest, <laughs> we've all done the spark well, notes of mice and men. Maybe text. the American dream is more of an American nightmare. <laughs> But there's elements <laughs> to it for sure that I really like. Um, yeah, but I'd, I'd ask what elements. I don't want to, you know, uh, make this team. We don't want to ruin the podcast this early on. Yeah. Is that what you were saying? <laughs> well, well, what elements of the American dream? You tell me. Yeah. America gets a lot of flat for being... I think it's interesting what how some countries are sophisticated and how some countries aren't. Like, I know that the French and a lot of, like, Europeans, <clears throat> they look down on, like, the... English world, the Anglo world, a bit. So, like France, yeah. Spain, <coughs> Italy, kind of like mainland Europe as being yeah. a bit brutish and unsophisticated. So, like Australia, <coughs> Canada, yeah. England, and uh, but then it's and in many ways they are. If you look at like the way we are eating habits and some of the architecture, you can see it as being a bit primitive in comparison. But then what I realized as well is something it, it's kind of they're we're naive in some ways and they're naive in others. Like, I've noticed, I think Europeans. Like set, like mainland Europeans, I think the English world has a really sophisticated irony and sense of humour and like a self awareness. Absolutely, that yeah. you notice. Do I seeing like, yeah, I don't know comments on Facebook from people from other countries. There's just like a yeah, um, there's a level of irony that seems and like even if you look, it's almost at like, like a national understanding of irony. Yeah, well, it's not just national because it's across the whole anglophone world. Yeah, like because America has a very sophisticated sense of humor, and so does you know Canada, Australia, and all that. But then you like French humor or stuff like that. It's like it's like weirdly naive. So like I don't know. We're, we we will be we'll be losing a lot of viewers with this. No, we're not because <laughs> French people don't listen to this shit. But I because no. it's it's just funny that like I don't know. You look at like, an English calf and you'll be like, this is so fucking. We're such like unsophisticated swine compared to like you know even. In impoverished parts of France, there's still like a real boulangerie. There's a real sophistication compared to the uh, cafe. The equivalent of the cafe is the boulangerie. Yeah, boulangerie, and it's all like loads of that. Fresh those kind of elements of yeah. Euro often European culture. The the men are always better dressed, like yeah. stuff like you know stuff. Always like got that. better hair. Better hair and just well, things they, like that. It just seems and they age and you, better. You, you, they you, age you, so much better. And as as an Englishman, you kind of look across the the channel and you think, God, we we really are just like bloody red, puffy, red face kind of brutish swine. We have a laugh but about then, it. But then, but then you hear some of the jokes they crack and you're like, wow, <laughs> Jesus well, Christ. We'll keep these guys around. <laughs> yeah. We'll keep these guys around. Yeah, no. But it does change actually weirdly. Um, I think it's quite, I, I've noticed a fairly unsophisticated sense of humour across a lot of like France, Spain, Italy at times. But where it starts getting really good again is my experience is like, war-torn eastern europe so like, i meet a lot of like eastern european comedians like and they're like any co comedians from romania or like croatia or anything that was tore apart by the kind of breaking up of the yugoslavia yeah they're hilarious they're really funny <laughs> they're really funny people and i think it's because do you think part of that is the the turmoil that they've gone through yeah but then we really haven't been through that much time so no I yeah i don't yeah. i don't really know what but, it is but, but then mate uh, well, that's a classic thing of comedy being, well, part of it, comedy potentially being the way to kind of combat adverse situations. Mm -hmm. You know, often you either cry or you laugh. That's the classic thing. And laughter cry. is... Oh, yeah, every time. <laughs> Next question. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
<laughs> part of that so there was there's this theory that comedy actually came from when we used, when we got when we went from um oh shit what's the word um uh, hunter gatherer yeah but so no the so when you don't move uh, nomadic to yeah no 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 nomadic nomadic nomadic's to, the opposite of it yeah oh i swear nomadic might be the one where you walk yeah nom- well, i think nomadic when we went from to, sitting da- when we went, when we went from, s- from sitting down to moving around that one to that one <clears throat> when we started moving around yeah when we start we started marching not marching but walking in massive groups and then, so there's a theory that laughter came from when someone would fall down in that group and often get trampled on. Laughter was the reaction that came from instead of feeling that intense pain and sadness, you laugh about it and then you get back up and you keep walking. That's a theory about where laughter comes from, where comedy yeah. comes from. I thought that's just an interesting point. Yeah, yes, but mm, I did, yeah, because I wonder how that applies um, to like how humor, because I find humor across the world really interesting. Yeah. Like, oh, God, yeah, as like a way of studying like cultures like i find because i i even find like this like humors in this country uh in the way that like <laughs> italy you look at a map of italy and you every like five miles there's a different cuisine almost like yeah the, yeah. the way that their cuisine whereas is- our chips get slightly more <laughs> soggy the further south you get <laughs> there's really not that much change when you look across but like no. italy it's like Every like town has their own delicacies. When I was in Na- when I was in Napoli recently, yeah. there was almost this the guy the waiter ran me through the different kinds of speciality tomatoes they all have in their yeah, just regions. incredible, just completely alien. And I'm there, a tomato's a tomato, bitch. <laughs> now go get me a fucking margarita and a peroni. <laughs> You're not getting the tip either. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but then I've noticed that I think there's like I, I've noticed really specific regional sense of humour. Yeah, is, is what I've noticed in the UK. Definitely, um, definitely. Because I, I genuinely, we went to uni in like Leamington. Uh, Hell yeah, we did. Because I, I, I started doing comedy it's good, it's good. Um, when I stopped doing uni gigs. Like my first proper gigs were traveling around the Midlands to like all these like forgotten towns and things like that. And there's Just a the real... idea of you going around <laughs> the Midlands after doing uni gigs makes me so places. nervous for you. I remember um, Cradley Heath is this great place, this, this like place north of Birmingham, uh, and there's this place called the Hollybush. Uh, shout out! Uh, it's a, it was where I did my first non-uni gig, um, and the, just the, the people there. Is, there was a collection of um, like six or seven regulars who go there every Thursday because it's on weekly. Stubbo and his friend, uh, Stubbo and his friend, and um, they sit there, they smoke a joint, and they just kind of like. Asked questions to comedians, and the first thing he said to me, he goes, "So where y'all from?" And I was like, "From Brighton." He goes, "Ah, oh, you know what? One guy once asked me if I'd suck a dick for a million pounds, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, 'Yeah, I'd need the money, but the idea of sucking a dick, I don't think I could do it.'" And that's the first thing he said. <laughs> didn't even bring up Brighton, <laughs> just because yeah. just I said. So that was, was that didn't happen in Brighton. <laughs> no. I'd, I'd presume that would happen. No. So it's more just, it's a, just like, oh, so you're probably it's more just one layer of one layer of polite conversation, yeah. and then just say what you want to say. Um, Do you reckon he says that to everyone he meets? Probably, probably. The, so I think the classic, the one that is almost the easiest comparison, but also 
an important comparison yeah. uh, to make is so I don't know uh, a lot of the comparison between comedy I make I think a lot of people do is England and America yeah is because it's funny so I think also because there's the most easy comparisons because we've had such similar-ish content that have a slight different angle of something yeah, yeah. so if you look at the US versus the UK office it's mm. kind of like a really stark example of yeah. it. just the bleakness of the mm. UK of yeah. UK comedy versus almost every US comedy that's going for it. So you could almost compare like the thick of it to parts mm. and recreation. And almost at the end of every single episode of US comedy, it's, but things are going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. we believe in ourselves and our friends, yeah. everything's going to be just mm -hmm. fine, man. You know, mm. we're going to be all right. Whereas in the UK, it always ends on, Shit's hor shit's horrible. <laughs> yes. uh, but then the fight, but then the series finale or the or the or the show finale always ends with it might be all right. It might be. We yeah. give one. So like yeah, Dawn yeah. and Tim's love yeah, in the yeah, office. The, yeah, it's yeah. the that's the that's but they they do Americans do that every single episode. Every single episode. Yeah. Every single episode. Mm. And like the comedy in it is fantastic, but it's just it's just horrible for English people to digest in that way. Yeah, because it's like yeah. I mean, I I I think. Of like my favorite shows, I'd probably say I find the UK shows funnier, but I Less struggle. I can't watch them. Me too. Yeah, it's like they're, they're like on paper. I do think the scenarios and what happens are probably but painful. probably funny. But I can't. What I can watch the US Office. I can. I've been, I've been sticking on Friends when I get up in the morning because it's just an easy watch. It's Have great. you? And there's some great. Yeah, I've been tempted. Some great, some great, great jokes in it. It's really easy, really comforting. I can't stick on a UK comedy. I can't no. put on the thick of it in the background. It's like I can't put on like the, no. the UK Office. It's just too. Do you know what? <laughs> even. But now there's been some comments of people who are now accepting your presence more. And there's been quite a lot of people who are asking if you're single. How, how do you feel about this kind of growing um, attraction to you I from our fan base? I wouldn't define a YouTube comment from a uh, a name. Most of the people that are doing this, they have a name. Like it's, it's an adjective followed by a random object. Yeah. yeah. So um, it, it's um, one I am, by the way. So yeah, that's, that's so that, that's, that's, how the, that's the answer to the question. That's the, that, that's <laughs> yeah. the answer. Yeah. Um, but um, it's uh, n nothing. Yeah. I guess essentially, um, but it's nice. I guess mm, yeah. I am single. Yeah. I've had. I've had. I'm not exactly. I've got. I've had some rocky uh, experiences with yes. love. Yes. Yeah. Think, for to say sure. The least. Yeah. I'm not very. I'm not very simple with these kind of things. Yeah. It's kind of go hard or go home. Yeah. So if you, so, let's say we 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 got a lot of because um, we're getting now more of a bit more female aesthetic from our mainly male incel incel base. So speaking to the straight women who are into you, uh, there would be like a a pre warning if you're going to go on a date with Andrew. Yeah, like a nut allergy. Yeah, go on. May um, contain nuts because these nuts. That no, was that that's was not a, a good that one. was an unfortunate coincidence. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean that. Yeah. Um, well, I guess it's is it a label warning? I feel like I go very, I as you say, go hard or go home. I go I go in heavy. Mm. Like if I feel like I'm really into someone, I really dive into it. Yeah. Like it, I'm kind of obsessive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like very obsessive. I forget. I lose sight of everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And this is yeah. the only thing that exists. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's like an like an addictive person might. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, like yeah. a deviant. Yeah. Like a de yeah, like yeah, a sexual yeah, like disgusting a, like gutter slut. Gutter, yeah, 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 gutter yeah, yeah, yeah. slut is exactly. <laughs> Maybe I should get that as a tattoo. Gutter slut. Gutter slut. Yeah. The tramp stand gutter slut. Yeah, because then if um 
if if they find problems with the relationship, it's like I do have it stamped to my ass. Look, so like, that's the warning. That's, that's the, the labor warning. You pretty much signed here and here, and by, I can by do whatever. Way. By the way, I'm a gutter slut. But I'm all, because also I'm kind of weird. I'm very kid crazy at the moment. Kid, okay, I'm yeah. baby. I'm baby. It, crazy. it sounded like you're a. You, you, you well, for fuck's sake, you just I'm sounded, not. You just kid crazy when you're talking about who you're into. But go on. Yeah, I get how it sounded. <laughs> I'm not trying to. I'm trying to be clear, but it's not. This is the late night special. So fucking. <laughs> 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 no, I'm. I'm baby crazy. Baby frenzy. Baby. Still crazy. Stir, man. Stir I want, crazy. Yeah, I, I'm th- what, I've been thinking about kids. What's the word? Um, um, your biological clock's ticking. Oh, f- no, not that I'm running out of time. No. Um, yeah, what is it? It's um, um, baby um, crazy. Uh, maybe baby fris- crazy. Fris- fine, fine. Frisky. Yeah, baby crazy. You're a nuts. Go on. Oh my god. Yeah. Go on, baby crazy. Um, in that, I, j- I just really want kids right now. Really? As in, I've got this weird. Cr- uh, as in, I don't. Right. I have this. I feel like in the last year. Yeah. I just really want. I just really want a kid right here. If there was, if I had this feeling, if there was a chart like a little boy or a little girl right here that was mine right now, still creepy, but go on. Absolutely. <laughs> Why is that? No, no, that's your. That's your. That's your problem now. You're, you're now reading into. I'm you're now reading okay. into it. I have. It's so. So there's. There's two things. There's the practical sense because, of course, if it happened, I would never actually realistically want one because it would be an absolute nightmare. Nightmare. Yeah. One can't afford it. Yeah. Two don't have the time for it. What? Just raise Three. it here. Yeah. That's <laughs> what? In a house with four other 21, <laughs> well, 23 year olds. I've, I've, I've kind of ruled out the decision to get a cat as well. <laughs> so it's, it's really, but I feel like they're fulfilling the same kind of need. Yeah. So I have, I'm, I've got, I just, whenever I see a kid in any context, yeah, don't worry. I'm not going to say. <laughs> no, you can say. I, no, it's, it's clear we've we've done the disclaimer. We've you're not a pedophile. Any so child I see, I just can't help but just feel with this emotion at the moment. Yeah. Okay. It's really that's, over- that's like a like a 30 year old woman, might. Yeah. You've got you've seen because I, I don't have that at this stage. I really like when BB brought Donnie over. Yeah, Jesse's kid. Yeah. Seeing his just especially Donnie is a fantastic. Name. He's a great. Yeah, yeah. Seeing his face, I was just like. You want one? I just I want one. And when he kind of came in for a bit when I was I was DJing and and you said he liked the music, I was like, yeah, that could be my little boy. <laughs> I don't know, man. It seems I don't. Know, I can't really see. It seems kind of rogue from you, though. Yeah. What? What? Why is it? I don't know. Is it just like it's, a biological so urge? No, so it's it, completely irrational. It's a. It's, it's a. It's a really. It's a really intense. It's, it's a it, feeling. Yeah. It's a feeling because it's not. Pra- it's not practical because like my practicality will overcome. Let's say I was to get into something with someone and we had and there was a a, a kid might be on the way. Yeah. I would you know I would never suggest we kill actually kill, have. <laughs> kill it with fire. Yeah. <laughs> if that's what she wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord, we're really getting into consent and yeah. and paedophilia. And but, abortion. Yeah, and abortion. That's the one. But I would. Yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely. I'd never want one realistically. But you've just been finding this urge. But no, as in like, if I, uh, theoretically, I'd fucking love one. I feel like if I was back in uh, caveman times or whatever, I'd have three by now. And I mean, I'd, I'd, I mean, we'd all probably have have three by now. You need people, like, you need people to help defend the village and shit. That's true. So like, (laughs) you just be popping them out. You need marksmen. And like, also like, our life expenses is like 35. So like, we're we're middle-aged at this point anyway. So you'd want to be popping them out. That's very true. Um, Um, but no, it's an it's an in deep ingrained urge, and I feel like it's, it's it's I've I've been I found myself being way more susceptible to uh, kids' videos on YouTube, 
and fake. Oh, for fuck! Oh, what sorry. else am I going to oh, say? Sorry. What I don't else know am what? I going to say? I know this is pure. Oil, yes, you're the one being immature. I, it now. is. It's me being immature. For me once, shame on you. For me twice, shame on me. Go on. No, sorry. Go on. Yeah. So videos of children <laughs> doing cute things yeah. on. Fucking <laughs> hell! Sorry. Videos. <laughs> You know the cute kid videos? Yeah, like yeah, cute yeah, cat fine, videos. Fine. yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I, I, I find myself welling up at times to it. I feel like since I became 22, something just clicked. Mm. And that I now, I just, I, because I think I want shitloads of kids as well. And I feel like this is a kind of weird combination of loads of feelings that are going on. And I just want, I, I, I don't want them in reality, but good Lord, do I want them in theoretically or emotionally, I want them. That is kind of what, yeah, I mean, you, cause you have brought this up before. I just, it, it doesn't seem to click fully with what I know about you. It does seem like it, it's, but you're t talking to it more like you're having like a weird craving at the minute, you know? It's like well, I don't a, think that's going to go though. Yeah. But how many kids do you want, do you think? Like, <laughs> Again, so if I was to say sitting here right now with no <laughs> practical bounds, I'd say like eight. But then we What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> no, with no practical bounds. <laughs> eight? I'd that's say about fucking eight. <laughs> Yeah, it's mental, but it's only mental because well, it's so you impractical. You have, have some practical bounds, because then fucking a million, why not? What did I just say? Okay, go on. No practical bounds, yeah. I'd say eight. With practical bounds, I want at least three, minimum. Yeah. And I'd say five. If if yeah. it's, if it's I'm in a sustainable pl place where I can not make that kid's life, all of those kids' life a misery. Yeah, that's my main thing. What do you? How many do you want? Well, I, when I was growing up, I wanted five for sure, because I love that idea of a big family. But now just seeing how it... Now I know a lot more people... Uh, with kids and I see the sacrifice it is I have to get to a certain position in my own life before I'd even well there's gonna be a point where I'll just do it anyway but I would really need to you know focus on my life and get all of exactly the a lot of the things I want to achieve I need to get done before I kind of yeah yeah, down. yeah yeah get um, your rocks off before get my rocks off down. before because I, I, I definitely think I want I don't want to be like yeah uh, really old when I have kids, but I do, I do want to get. Which like, is I don't want to. I don't want to resent my kids, basically. Yeah, exactly. Which is yeah. the tough conundrum. Or I, them I resent me for like having no career. Yeah, like, and providing for them at all. But um, I think what you speak to there is is very true. It's a classic. Well, for me, it's a conundrum, and I think for many people, it's a conundrum. Of you do want to have them. You do want to have kids when you're young. You're, you're, you're sprite, spriteful, full of spunk, it's full of spunk, etc. Yeah. You don't want to have them too old because you want to, you know properly engage play etc you know take him to places still have energy energy mm. for them yeah but at the same time it'll be a nightmare having kids right now because they would only be a burden to our lives 100 percent. yeah it's not even in my like it's not even in my possibilities now certainly with my life at the moment but yeah. one thing that I, it'd be interesting to raise here actually is i have always had a fascination with sperm donation like genuinely uh, and like when i've brought this up i thought more people connect with it but very few people agree with me on this i really um considered for a long time sperm donate because this i mean I, now maybe i'm changing my mind but for a while like i really liked i don't know it, it just <laughs> the idea of like i don't know just helping you'd be helping someone out 
you'd be yeah. giving life to the world yeah. and then you wouldn't it wouldn't be yours anyway yeah. i don't know and part of me likes that element of spreading going forth and multiplying it's a pure biological it's a pure biological thing it's just like it's it, it just but maybe it's maybe it's irresponsible because to me i just think it's funny but that's probably not the right reason it's just funny the idea that somewhere it could be anywhere in the world it's just like <laughs> <laughs> well quickly it's weird that you brought that up because ever since i've had this slight um increase in uh, baby craze I've had a lot more sperm uh, sperm donation adverts really? appear on my Facebook timeline, which is that's, I feel the Facebook algorithms are getting pretty fucking Fuck. sophisticated nowadays. Fuck me. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know where I stand on it because I think, like, I think at the end of the day, you're doing a really, you're doing, you're doing a good thing Surely. because there are, there are women out there who want kids. Yeah. And by just donating your sperm, letting them choose from a catalogue, what, what the fuck's wrong with mm. that? But I think what's a hard thing to let... Catalogue? Well, that's what happens. Do, do, do you like, do they, do, yeah. would, would my picture go in there? Yeah. And what would it just say like? It was a heretical waste man. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be you wearing that. Athletic. <laughs> it'll, be your, it'll be your picture, podcast host, and they'll flip over the next podcast one. Podcast host. You, you, don't, you, you don't need to put any more information in there, I don't think. But there is, there is, is there's an inherent biological and well, not a, a biological attachment to that uh, child that you're creating, which I think is a really weird thing to try and let go from. Yeah. Well, because uh, like I had a, a annoyingly Vince Vaughn, there was a Vince Vaughn film called The Delivery Man or something like that uh, with uh, Chris <laughs> Pratt in it. And it was annoying because that's a concept that I've been vaguely thinking of for a while and it, they look like they did it in an awful way. Vince Vaughn always has the upper hand on you, doesn't he? He just, he just gets there before I do. Um, <laughs> But the delivery man, the the film has a great fucking concept that I really liked, which is a hilarious concept for a comedy film. But it looks like just maybe like a shitty film with like a really uplifting ending. Yeah. But I think there's so many ways to go with it. Do you know the the film I'm talking no, about? No, I don't. Um, basically, uh, from what I can gather from the trailer, uh, Vince Vaughn like. Um, donated his sperm when he was like a young man and then there was not like, in real life not in real life this so is, like, whatever the character's called this isn't a biopic about Vince Vaughn this isn't a documentary about the <laughs> the truth but like he's not at all involved in it it's like like the killings of Tony Blair you know yeah. the documentary about his war crimes this is like Vince someone... Vaughn's played by Sean Penn <laughs> <laughs> but Vince Vaughn delivery man um, or something like that when he was young, he donated sperm and then there was like a, a, a mess up at the sperm factory or whatever it is. And he ended the up- doy. The doy. <laughs> uh, And then he managed, he ended up being father of 567 kids. And it's based on a true story, I think, which is one of the wildest things. Really? Yeah. Or, oh, so or, it is somewhat based. Yeah, yeah, somewhat based on a true story. And then he, and then all these, the, there was something happened, like all the kids come back and try to sue him or something. <laughs> and I just think, there's, that's so funny being yeah. having 570 kids is such a funny number By of accident. kids. <laughs> By accident. It's so funny. Yeah. Like yeah. just even as a film it look it didn't get great reviews, but as a film premise, there's so much you could do with that. Yeah. Like imagine having just uh, 500 people it? in the room. They're all no, I didn't. I, maybe I'll, I'll watch it. There'd it, be too <laughs> many like whack all, all I imagine the film to be is like different scenes of wacky adventures. Yeah, like well, how's he like you? Rather yeah. than the cold, harsh, hilarious reality of dealing with having 500 kids by accident. Yeah, imagine having 500 kids. That'd be <laughs> hilarious just like they all look a bit like you but they've all gone down different routes yeah. like <laughs> punks gods fucking <laughs> if he's like oh it'd just be so funny and like seeing a room of you it would be such a like head fuck because like, in the film from what I gathered from the trailer is that they all they all there's a scene with all of them in the courtroom just like <laughs> and he's like in the witness yeah. that 
it just it sounds like a like a nightmare you have after eating too much cheese like standing <laughs> in the witness box with 500 of you staring back is at that, you is that is that film is that Vince Vaughn film stopping you from donating your sperm no I think that would, that weirdly triggered it no that was definitely a positive feeling I see. That, that was, was weirdly me thinking I, I can't people say that there's like bad things that happen but I don't. What's what's gonna? What's the bad things that happen? Is it emotionally on me? What I so what I always expect because I've I've considered it when I've been tight for money as well. Is what that's, I, no, that's a bad idea. Don't I wouldn't even though because you, you get very little money for it. Yeah, and don't and like obviously if you need a bit I'm of money. I'm not saying sure. getting to it is a profession. No, no, I'm just saying like if you're like in a scrap and you need a bit of cash, that seems like a that seems like it's too, it'll it'll change your it'll be. Because you get like 50 quid for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah but like my, if, you're, if you need a bit of cash, ask a friend for money and do it because you want to do it. Don't do it. Okay. Which, so I'd preface that with I'm saying if I was, I don't think I'd ever get the motivation to actually go to a spur bank and do it. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever be that motivated to do it. But when I needed a bit of money and I'm not, you know, it's something I've thought about, then I might have done it. Yeah, okay. If that makes sense. But the thing that I'd think in that situation is you're always going to get a knock on your door in 18 years time. It always. Yeah. No, you, you, are you worried about that or does that, is that what always happens? In, it, what plays out in my head? Yeah, and that's kind of exciting to me. It's exciting. But is that me doing it too much for the, the, the intrigue, the anecdote, the story? Yes. And is that. You're doing too, it for the pod. I, I'm doing it for the pod, which is a noble cause. It is a noble it's cause. A noble one cause. of us should do that. <laughs> do it for the pod. To be fair, how, to, the best way to keep viewership going is if one of us does it tomorrow. I mean, that's like an 18 year. Stay tuned for 18, 18 years. years. And there'll like, be that one time, and then yeah. we get one of our sons or daughters. Yeah, on to the come pod. on the pod. Yeah, for sure. And like. God, and I hope they'll be blessed with high podcasts. What a podcast that What would be. a podcast. If we both do it at the same time. Oh my God. And we God. both get our, that'll be so healthy. I mean, it's so healthy. Because then they'll be like, oh, I see why. Why? Yeah. Why I'm alive. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, that would be brutal. Yeah. Like you realize that your dad's is fucking, because po- that's they're what's- just pure content. Yeah, that's Content what's going to happen because that's what the next generation is going to... Ha- you're going to have like eight... Year- like in grandparents who's like a podcast host. Like the thing about this, if we have grandchildren... We're not going to stop like 90, even if people don't listen. You, I can't really... I always think about this. It's like it doesn't look at the moment like there's any way that YouTube have any sort of plan yeah. for how they're going to archive their videos. Yeah, they're not... No, no, good. So are you, you going to You have, will have to take them down, which is not gonna, it's not going to happen. No, we're not going to take them down, but I'm saying more there'll be a record of... Imagine seeing uh, your granddad's yeah. um, seven, 70 years, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, whatever it was, when he was our age, yeah. sitting in like polarized sunglasses doing a Boys Gone Wild style podcast with his friend. Like, how About surreal. Chamberlain. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, during, during the Blitz. Yeah, during the Blitz. Oh, these bloody bunkers. People don't stop farting. Well, is that because that's the humor back then? Yeah, I guess yeah, yeah. Tina's always eating the tinned bread. So I don't know much about the war. Is that, is that, is that like a, a, a ration joke? About, it was. Is that about the World War II diet makes you gassy? Yes. That was a bold jump, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we've had enough time since yeah. the war to make a ration joke. But no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was just a straight... History will be my judge, I guess. <laughs> but I know, because I, I was thinking that when watching the Rogan Trussell podcast today, is that these are both uh, fathers. Yeah. So Rogan is the, the like, and also it's funny watching. So if you watch that podcast, him Rogan often talks about drink and stuff, 
Um, and it's hilarious seeing him get fucked on air. Like yeah. he is blitzed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As in proper white girl wasted. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's funny because he always he he often talks about how he can handle his drink and he finds it funny when people you know can't. Yeah. He hasn't had that much whiskey. He's fucked. Yeah. Which is quite fun. Yeah, because you're you, you're pretty good with your drink. Yeah, that's how I get through the day. <laughs> that's a joke. I'm not a fucking alcoholic. Well, well, but he... We don't know yet. I don't thing. know yet. We, we don't know give yet. It, we have to give, it, give it like three or four years <laughs> we, and we'll see we'll how, I'm, how I'm dealing stays. with it. It's yeah. true. Um, but they're getting, you know, they're, they're drinking, they're getting high, uh, they're, but they're talking... It's not for, I feel like, because it's with something like a podcast, especially their podcast, what they're doing, it's not a frivolous thing. They're drinking and getting high and they're having really in-depth conversations about the meaning of life, etc. Not that, you know, not yeah. that blatant. Um, but they're both fathers and both of their, all of their kids are going to be able to see that. And of course they're going to watch it. Yeah. Like when they're growing up. And it is seeing your, your, your dad's doing something pretty ridiculous. And so immediately you kind of think, isn't that a bit, are you not thinking, does that, do you change your nature when you're doing such a, like a world renowned podcast when you've got kids out the worry of setting the right example? But then that I think is absolute nonsense because imagine if you, your dad, or because I'd think so for your grandpa example, if my granddad was to have done a podcast about blitz rations, yeah, sure, that'd be fucking fantastic. Yeah. And because you get to know them better. Yeah. And, it's and I feel like, I like the record. people shy away from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like how we don't know much about that generation. Yeah. Because there's, it was so repressed. But there's they, they, like the amount of shit there is now of me online. There's going to be a real snapshot of yeah. where I was. But we also, can't like, hide we, from shit. But like that's partly why I was obsessed with putting everything on YouTube. Like we did a, we did, used to do a radio show back in uni and all of the stuff is on YouTube. And I made sure it was there because it's the best archive. And like that stuff's all still up there, and you can trace. We did a show every week, pretty much for the whole of for three uh, years. For three years, so there's like a trace of us completely changing as people. Yeah. But it's fantastic. It's like a diary. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fantastic to um, have. But all of this stuff is kind of <coughs> like what I've started to realize is 2020 is weird. We've all agreed this is one of the weirdest years where culture's just got absolutely baffling. So many news headlines happen that you're numb to but are just completely but not like the whole year has just been absolutely mental um yeah. but i think that's also just the start of because of the advancements of technology it's going to keep on getting weirder because there will be grandchildren whose grandmas were those people on tiktok like have you seen how ridiculous those tiktoks are like all of the tick all of tiktok those 50 seconds of like the the girls dancing and doing all of that shit that could that's going to be someone's grandma mm. and that that just i don't know what that's going to do and also how the the in a thousand years time a thousand years ago is going to be in 4k you know there's gonna yeah. it's gonna be you're gonna have intense news footage of everything and you're gonna have podcasts so and then our, our and grandchildren's gonna... grandchildren good yeah. lord it's almost like they're gonna be able to put on a pair of glasses and they can actually step into a 10 minutes of their grandparents lives it's bizarre but also so let, let ancient egypt uh we that, always get back to we, it, 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 I was trying to lead it back and it's taken me quite a while to try and get it back it's to for the, like the half an hour for, for, for like, just trying to really crowbar it back so to Andrew, Egypt how are you okay, anyway so, ancient Egypt <laughs> Egypt that was around um, 5,000 years ago what circa, happened circa 5,000 years ago the jury's out on that one and we look at um, the sort of temples and the craftsmanship and the paintings like un with the archaeologists who have just undusted like they've just found a whole new tomb with all these amazing things and it's so mysterious 
what happens 5,000 years from now? Like the same period where yeah. this is 5,000 years old? Well, that is the interesting thing um, about history. And the his and so like in often in in history we're also as much as we're contemplating who we are in the past and like how we study the past we're contemplating how the people in the future are going to study us, yeah. And everything has shifted because a big part about history nowadays is looking at us looking at a source. Well, that's what history is, you know, looking at a looking at a primary source or something from the either ancient Egypt's ancient Egyptian times or the medieval times and trying to trying to create a picture of what life was at that time. Sure, yeah. When we've got a fucking hour podcast yeah. where you're sitting and two people are actively explicitly stating what they're feeling and what they're thinking yeah. and what's happening and what they look like and yeah, the yeah. surroundings yeah, and yeah. the houses that they look like and what the current events are yeah. of the day and a news and 24 hour news cycle to, to document everything. Yeah. What the fuck is history going to look like in the future? It, will it exist? No, but then the thing is, so like one of the key things about history is... Um, the, the skill as a historian will die, is, will die out, sorry. Well, m well, maybe, but like what's weird is that the skill of a historian is trying to work out the truth from loads of different bias sources and like limited information. But right now, we... There's too many sources. Not just that, but like, yeah, um, we can't work out what the present is because of like fake news and things like that. So it's almost uh, like yeah, yeah, what's yeah. happened, our, our view of our current time is almost like a historian looking back at the medieval age and trying to piece it together. Yeah. But we're doing that with what's currently happening. Yeah. So like them looking back yeah, on it, they probably will have a better idea because time will have passed and they'll be, have some, but it might also just be wading through all of that nonsense. Cause it's a, it'll yeah. become a different skill. Yeah. yeah. So okay. like putting, putting, so a, a historian for our time, looking back into the past is trying to put together a really sporadic jigsaw puzzle that you don't really have ac proper access to. Trying yeah. to put together loads of pieces to create a picture. Whereas it's almost like the the future historian is going to be trying to unscrambling so much nonsense and content that even us, as you say, can't really grapple with what exactly is happening and trying to create a coherent story yeah. out of that. Mm. Yeah. So it's going to be a completely different thing. But and I, I'm almost... It's a shame that... I mean, by the end of our lives, things are going to get so wild. Yeah. And like... It, that that is one I don't have any um, I've never really had I'm pretty comfortable with like the idea of death and like how long my life's going to be the main thing that makes me want it is I just really want to see what happens in 5,000 years time like just pure yeah, out of curiosity yeah, yeah. it's going to be fascinating it's just going to be so mental because it's not going to look like sci-fi films and our yeah. whole prediction like if you look at like I was watching what film I'm watching the, um, this anime at the moment, which was made in the 90s, yeah. called Neon Genesis Evangelion, um, which is a wild show. And uh, it's set in this dystopian future, hyper-techno, techn like technological, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like f flying cars and shit like that. Um, and it's set in like 2012, like 2011 or something. Yeah, yeah. And it's just so far off. I think a lot of um, kind of, wait, when was it made? Uh, 1995, I think. 95. Yeah, I think a lot of anywhere between like the 70s and the 90s, maybe the 60s, I mean, no, fuck it, the 20s yeah. to the 90s, there was, you know, there's quite a big thing about the year 2000. So a lot of kind of sci-fi things that are kind of predicting the future. If you're writing something in 1920, 1930, yeah. 40, 50, is if you call your book yeah. 
something 2000 yeah it seems right like kubrick's 2000 was yeah, yeah. so you know there's something about the year 2000 so although i think it's for me i think those things are less about the actual time that's passed rather than the year 2000 yeah obvi obviously it's a concept that we're just like right we're all agreed it's in the future yeah <laughs> it's all agreed it's not it's 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 like the future <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. i also think it's funny how naive and like if I was writing a sci-fi now and I was going to do what it, year if I was you, going no, to that was my question. What year? I would push it to um, 2,500. I'd I go would, three. I'd go 3,000. 3,000. Fucking push it so you have like some space. Because yeah. Bla Blade Runner looks ridiculous. Because you might still be alive by the Fuck. time you're proved wrong. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Blade Runner um, was set in 2017. Yeah, like the original Blade Runner was like around then. Exactly, Blade Runner, exactly. Yeah, Blade and then they made, but it's then the they 20s. made the sequel, Twenty Forty Nine. It's like you fucking, Push you had another, <laughs> you had another chance, and you fucked it. <laughs> <laughs> you fucked it. Twenty Forty Nine. Obviously, we're not going to. Ryan Gosling's like. going to be old. He's going to be decrepit, <laughs> and he's going to be sitting there, and he's going to be looking like a prick. He's going to be looking like a prick. Yeah, so and that's I the think worst thing about sci-fi. Modern sci-fi, not fifty years. Grow up, grow up. Have some fucking perspective. <laughs> it's gonna push it a thousand because by then no one will be watching it anyway. It'll be far gone. But like at least like yeah. if you're gonna do like the vague concept of the future, then fucking push it. Because then you can go to all the film forums and the film festivals, and you and they say and you can't be proved wrong. Yes, yeah, like, I mean? yeah, so predictions of the future can still be like, well, wait. well, you're gonna be dead. Well, so well we're all more like, well, just wait and see what happens. Let history judge. Let, let history because no one's going to be there to judge you at the time. They'll exactly. be dead. Exactly. Um, uh, uh, can I go for a wink? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, this bloody COVID's still been in the news. Um, so I think the big the big story has been... Yeah, I mean, annoyingly, the big stories are always COVID-related. But yeah, yeah the mo this has taken a kind of interesting turn. Yeah, it would be better, actually, for the podcast if we had, if we weren't in this pandemic time. Well, the only the podcast only exists because of this pandemic time. Ooh. Anyway, so what you're saying makes you think. So the big one has been uh, the funding to the Greater Manchester area. Yeah. Uh, once they've been told to explicitly kind of told they need to go on the tier three yeah. lockdown, um, which is the you know the, the big one, which is essentially back to the but, yeah, but essentially back to the proper back to lockdown. the national lockdown that we yeah. had. Um, so Mr. Andy Burnham, who I'm a big fan of. I'm starting to like him, even though he is a, a centrist cuck. If you look at his actual ideals, but his his is he his not, character, I like. He's better than he's better than Keir. Yeah, but it's not like I heard. I saw a tweet saying a plan could be better than Keir. But I saw a, I saw a tweet basically saying like you, this is the state of things when Keir Starmer's lead a leader where. Even Andy Burnham, a centrist, he makes him look like Fidel Castro. You know, <laughs> like, you know, and I, I do sort of see that. Um, yeah, like, I, I've really how he's because he, 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 if you look at his actual ideas, he's like a basically a, he's not far off a of Blair. He's basically Ed Miliband sort of level. But yeah. but you know, still. and he lost. He lost out to Ed Miliband actually. Yeah, in the, uh, in, in no, he left out to Corbyn and Ed Miliband. Oh, both times. Both, yeah, um, both. Um, but I like him as a person. But I don't know. I like uh, his. Words. I like his uh, chin and his yeah. and his cheeks. He looks. Yeah, he's got. He's got a good politician look. Yeah. Where he's like, um, he's kind of like, he looks like the real person a handsome Hollywood star would play in a biopic. Do he you know looks what I mean? like, fuck, um, shit. He's kind of. He's weirdly. He's kind of weirdly niche, but. Uh, I've watched Game Night recently. Who does he look like? He's in Game Night. Um, okay, in Wolf of Wall Street, the um, the guy like the FBI agent. Oh, he looks like uh, Ron Livingston. Is it? Yeah, he looks like Ron Livingston. So is that the I, FBI agent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So um, what I like about Andy Burnham is he looks like 
who are, he looks set for a more handsome person to play in a biopic. He looks Absolutely. like, you know when a biopic finishes and you've had Brad Pitt, Ron Lewis, like one of these chisel people, then it comes up with the actual picture. Andy Burnham's got that look. Of Absolutely. Like easily a handsome person could play him and it wouldn't be too much of a jump, but he's not that handsome. He's not, because there's a few things wrong about his face. Yeah, and his hair's a bit off, but he's got like all the, the roughly you can get a really handsome person to play Andy Like, Burnham. what's his face? He looks really like him. Yeah, like Ron Lewis, yeah. Yeah. Um, which I'd love to see that'd be a great biopic uh, like the <laughs> defender of the Northern North accent yeah, yeah, yeah. not that much drama um, I, I don't know because the kind of general question is about regional and governmental um, split and uh, the, the kind of points he's raising it's just the general confusion that I'm feeling we've talked about this quite a lot last episode which is like his main thing is he's trying to defend protect the economy of Liverpool that's going to take such a hard hit if they go back into tier 3 Manchester. and Manchester and it's like it's just that fucking question, which is like, I, I don't, I don't think like Boris Johnson is a villain in many ways. He's done shitty things, but I think in this scenario, I don't think it's as cut and dry as Johnson bad, Burnham good. I don't think it's as clear as that because it's just two sides of argument and both sides are right and both sides are wrong, which is, you know, do you protect the economy or do you protect health? So that's the, that's the whole question. Isn't it? So yes, it is. But what I think would be the big statistic for me that would kind of back Burnham over Johnson is that. So I what is Johnson eventually said. So he walked out negotiations, but he said they'll give them sixty million. But also, what was weird is if you look at the end of the press conference, there's the guy, his second hand man is actually they're still having the press conference, and he's reading out from like BBC News or something or whatever, the amount of money that the government's actually going to give to Manchester and they're all finding it out through the news. Oh my God. So, yeah. yeah. And he goes and he reads it out live on air and then you see Andy Burnham's like live reaction to that. Oh shit. And I think that's been a lot of his thing. One, they're saying like so much of this negotiation and this conversation has gone through the media. So um, is he the mayor of Manchester? He's the mayor of Manchester. Well, we can get out of bed quickly. <laughs> the big thing is that so he wanted, he's, I think Johnson said they can have set 60 mil, whereas um, Andy Burnham was saying they wanted 90, but they could settle for 75 because it was, I think it's 75, but 75 million is how much you can do the 85% wage furlough scheme. Okay. If you don't have that, people go out of work when they're putting a national lockdown and they can't get paid 80, 80 or 85% of their wages, okay. which is a big problem. Yeah. Um, so I get that because at the end of the day they're also pushing for 15 mil which isn't that much that the UK government has I don't know yeah it's just general like I've read a stat as well that apparently the north of England is, economically is the same adjusted for inflation as East Berlin uh, East Germany back during the height of Soviet Union so it's it's a similar divide which is in the media seen as like a derelict yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> left forgotten destroyed by communism and a lot of, of Germany feelings. and it's like that's just what it's the same thing but in, with capitalism yeah. where you just move you pushed all the money and like the underfunding even going up to north and like the underfunding of trains and just general transport links is ridiculous and, and like the north isn't even that bad compared to like parts of Wales Northern Ireland Cornwall like yeah. the just all these places are, are lacking funding for sure but i think the, and that definitely goes into it I yeah think we can't forget that so that's what the, this is is like a battleground for that general conversation especially given a lot of the like last election there was this massive serve of tory voters in the north yeah and it's like they're almost going because of like these new but there wasn't in manchester in liverpool was there not so that's that's rural your, so so like he's, yeah. he also knows that he that manchester and liverpool probably you know are very uh, metropolitan centers they're still gonna they're, they're pretty they're, well you know we said never about the north so they could easily switch but it seems like they're pretty um that whole so part is pretty 
um, set on being Labour. But yeah, it's because it's still about if you make the wrong decision and people die, you might get voted out. So I, yeah, no, I no, I, I I agree that it's um, so you just give more money if you're Boris Johnson. That's what you do. Well, you would because it isn't in the grand scheme of things. It's not that much. Yeah, I guess so. In order to get you know. To allow, the, I think the furlough scheme is big for me because surely that has to be a minimum requirement of putting a putting a a region into that level of lockdown. Uh, yeah, I I think I don't know. My my main views on it is this: like, and I've raised this with kind of few people. Is it's like, is there not a way that we can lock down people who are at risk and let people who aren't at risk run the economy? I just don't. It's complicated, and it will mean a lot more admin, but. We're, we're at risk of being a lost generation and it just seems like there's a middle road where we can you know protect because we're just not at risk at all and we're yeah. going to bear the brunt of it economically more than any other any other anyone else so i think for that for us that are living as four 23 year old guys in a house yeah that's fine yeah um but so there's a lot of what that does is further isolates the vulnerable because that means that bubbles just become vulnerable bubbles rather than a bubble of someone that, so like taking my grandpa or something yeah. at home who's seeing mum and uh, my stepdad. If you say, because they'd be designated as fit people yeah. who aren't at risk, yeah. then if we open up the entire economy to that, then you kind of shut off the vulnerable. And I think- Yeah, but it's like, are we choosing, that That sucks, but yeah. does it suck more than um, the- uh, a 15 a 10 year recession but to a certain extent if you're looking at so like in london that's kind of happening now as in as in not the 10 year recession as in like n you're not really we're not uh, you can go people are going to work mostly it's working from home yeah, but like um, there's freedom of movement travel um the n nightlife uh clubs are shutting like no n no clubs are being open all of these kind of arts culture they can't run things properly stuff like that those are all getting Fucked. Yeah. You know, what about, you know, running, uh, doing theatre for cheap for young people to all go and then try and keep those theatres alive? As in make, like doing, oh, so loads as in of, like doing loads of stuff like that where it's like, right, we're, 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 re, we, we, we're reopening the theatres so that only young people can go and it's for really stunted prices. Um, cinemas. But um, part of the problem of that is because also, so like with student populations. Yeah. Um, a big problem is going to be, so f f particularly for someone like London, is you're getting, so if there's more, if there's regions more affected by it than other regions. Yeah. Um, what? So loads of people are going to come to uni in, in London. Loads of young people are going to come to uni yeah. in London. And some of those people are going to be carrying the virus. And then the idea is, so like, even if you're going to spread it across all the young people who won't die from it, the idea is if you keep spreading it across all of the young people, it's going to get to people who are going to die from it. Plus... We can't have a country that's entirely infected by it, so it is good to kind of keep the rate down, because if it's a horrible disease. Oh, is it? It's a horrible. <laughs> <laughs> You've come to you the right place. You heard it first. You heard it first. But yeah. it's I don't know. I don't think I get. I think I like the sentiment of it, but I'm more of a. I'm kind of more of the opinion of it's best to just get this shit over with. Okay. as in just kind of have the biggest as in like do all the measures that we need to do to stop it spreading so that we can stop all this nonsense right well we come to the the end of the show this has been a like we've touched on a lot of things are you ready to try and sum it up fucking hell yeah uh so yeah. we've talked about um Where did we open we talked about relationships uh sci-fi we talked about um what did we start off with 
Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. We talked about Joe Rogan, sci-fi, open relationships, um, uh, mayors, uh, Andy Burnham, lockdown, and um, uh, sperm donning, donation. We all like to sit back and recline to a good podcast. That's why you're here now, listening to this content. We often like to do it with Joe Rogan. And what that presents is an interesting idea as to who the people are that are doing the podcast and what legacy they leave for their children. Or grandchildren. Or grandchildren. And we can't always choose who those children or grandchildren would be if we become a sperm donator. That creates a lot of chaos in the world. Having this idea that we won't be part of something that's so clear and defined, much like it would be to be in an open relationship. But at the end of the day, all you need is Andy Burnham getting on the mic for a BBC News conference and telling us what Manchester needs and what Manchester wants. And that's maybe what we all need and what we all want. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next week. 